1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of footy. Afternoons with Brett Phillips for Volvo. New year, new car. Get into Volvo today. And the Diamond Guys for blokes who love women who love diamonds. Twenty-three past two. It's always good to have Carlos Alberto Diego in the studio. Part of the Four Diegos. The final whistle. Uh, you can be hearing plenty of Carlos in the team right across the uh, Christmas uh, New Year period because a lot of uh, games ah. Carlos crammed into this period. Yeah, there's no mid-season uh, break here in Australia as they they do in some countries overseas. But uh, yeah, we don't rest. Uh, it almost they almost just pile them into that January period. We <laughs> yeah. were working it out the other day that sometimes we're on like four or five times a week yeah. with after the you know after the game and you know on a Tuesday and then uh, and then on a Wednesday. So uh, we might even. You know, be almost full time here during January, which is weird. But anyway, Sydney FC six points clear of Melbourne City, and of course the victory in third point behind. We'll have a look at their two games over the weekend. There's plenty going on here domestically with an announcement today of two heavyweights looking to come to the MCG next June, and plenty going on in the EPL across Europe. Another gong for Cristiano Ronaldo. So we'll cover off all that. Got some great prizes to give away if you want to call in and be a part of the hour. The SEN prize pack, a couple of batokis in there. A uh, uh, loaf of the Alpine bread, uh, Carlos, would be fantastic. Uh, great for your stomach. Uh, FODMAP friendly and tasty too. And uh, we've also got, of course, the Indota Spa Massage, which is outstanding. 94291116. But if we think close to home, in fact, we might welcome Daniel in right off because that's the man I want to talk about who returned to some magnificent form on the weekend. Daniel Bessart Barisha. How you going, guys? Good, Going mate. well. Yeah, um, couldn't be more happy for this guy. I mean, he's been under the pump by so many victory supporters throughout the, um, the week last week. And credit to Muskie to um, stick him by him because I always thought that he was going to explode when all this um, publicity about him came to fruition. So good on, good on him and good on to Muskie because, you know, he hasn't been playing all that bad, to be honest. Yeah, I think when you're talking about a champion, Daniel, and that's what we're talking about with uh, Bessart Barisha, uh, you just never write them off if they're still hungry and they're still working hard. Even if they're lacking a little bit of confidence, which it has at different times this season, uh, the guy was always going to come back. I, I, to tell the truth, I couldn't believe that not only were we getting a lot of calls you know, post-game about having him dropped from the team, mm. but we're getting people in the media who should know better about, uh, about uh, you know, someone like a Bessar Barisha. Uh, and also the fact that, as we said last week, who are you going to replace him with? Yep. No, one would, no one in that squad would have come on whether they were in that team or you know, not in that team uh, last, last weekend. No one would have come on and scored a hat-trick mm. in those circumstances. And the second one was a brilliant header. I mean, the first one was a fantastic goal poacher's goal. Yep. And the third one, he had, he had just a pace. He just wanted the goal more than the defenders wanted to stop it. So, mm. uh, and, it, you know, you saw the hugs after the game between he and Musket and, and the players. They just love him. Uh, he needs, he's a different character. He's a different, you know, uh, person. And you've got to be able to probably deal with him differently to get a bit of motivation, you know, get him motivated or no, get him sharp and, and confident. Well, clearly he and, he and Kevin Musket, um, I mean, coaches and players need... Uh, Need a very good bond, and is the marquee player. I mean, Kevin, you know, cop criticism across uh, his career at different stages. So I think he'd be a great person for uh, Bessart to to bounce off. That you know, okay, let's just keep the faith here. Well, yeah. There's, there's going to be a lot of external noise. 
you know what you can do, yeah. and, and that's the role of the coach, isn't it, to keep just building that confidence that, okay, it might not have been your week last week and the week before, and there's criticism mounting, but mm. you're not too far away. And uh, the, the good guys don't lose their talent. No, they don't. And, and it, as long as they're working hard. I mean, if a champion's working hard and he's not too old and he's not injured and he's not a, you're not a crock in any way, mm. you stick by them, don't you? Especially in this league when there's not an easy replacement for, for the coach to put in. And, you know, is it... You know, obviously, he's, we, no one can deny his work rate. And I'm pretty sure that Kevin Muscat's watching him in training and knowing that his attitude's really good. Mm. You stick by those guys. Mm. And in the end, another 3-0 win against West Sydney Wanderers. Now, these guys, West Sydney Wanderers, are touted as a, a top team this year. And two times in the first 10 games of the season, victory home and away have beaten them 3-0. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it, there's a reason for that. Yeah, no, phenomenal. Um, it, it's a, an intriguing uh, A-League season. We're going to dissect it a little bit more. And a great chat here yesterday about expansion as well, which mm. uh, Kevin Hillier hosted on uh, on the run home. And, you know, quite strange to watch this game on Saturday night. Obviously, the massive ANZ Stadium, what, 16,000. We know yeah. the A-League is all about the, the, uh, the intimate... Um, uh, experience you get from that rectangular stadium, and obviously, you know that's what uh, the Tasmanian bid has, um, you know, certainly put forward. They're going to turn North Hobart Oval into uh, a rectangular uh, stadium. I know they've got to just wither a little bit of pain for a while while they rebuild uh, Parramatta, but yeah, yeah, ideally, well, it's 2019. It's, it's going to be ready. It's going to be a while. Yeah, and uh, and I think we know that the rectangular stadium is all. They're just a, they're just a, a no-brainer. They're, everyone's going to be playing in those rectangular sta- mm. stadiums eventually. Yeah. So the Tassie bid in that respect is no different from any other bid. Uh, look, if we're going to if we're going to talk expansion, don't worry about the bids. Don't mm. worry about the proposals. Mm. Just worry about what the TV execs want. Because mm. David Gallup's admitted that in the last week or so that TV will get a say on who comes in. They'll almost decide on where they're coming in. So forget about the proposals. Forget about all the fantastic stuff that people are doing in the proposal at the moment, it's all, it'll be all about TV. Let's have a chat to Lisa in Templestowe. Lisa. Hi, guys. Love the show. Um, I just want to say that I'm a proud Melbourneian. I love both teams. I go to games, um, whether it's Melbourne City or um, Melbourne Victory, because I haven't become a member yet. I'm not quite sure who to follow, but I love the boys. I love Telsala. I love Barisha. I love Fauna Roli. I love Jimmy Kale. I just think it's wonderful to have Two teams that are doing so well, and uh, don't worry, we'll be uh, we'll be knocking Sydney off the top perch. I just think it's great. So, Lisa, what are you going to do this Saturday night? Yeah, I know that's the thing, but I think uh, I know. See, it's it's a little bit hard because I've got friends who are Victory supporters, but they're Carlton supporters, and yet I'm a Collingwood girl. So maybe I'll just go for City because that's <laughs> the opposite to the Victory. But look, I love them both, and I just enjoy watching the game. So, Lisa, have you been following the game for a while and just? Uh just more recently taken interest in the A-League or no, is it no, no. just I something? Love, I'm, a, I'm a girly girl, but I'm very much a sports lover. So I love all sports and, um, and as I said, a proud Melbourneian. So anything to do with Melbourne, even the storm and, uh, yeah, I just think it's great. So I Outstanding. love it. Outstanding. Lisa, hang on there. Got the ultimate massage for you with thanks to Endota Spa. And Endota Spa voucher more than a gift. It is the escape every woman craves or man I'd suggest as well. Uh, hello, I wouldn't mind this. Uh, give someone uh, you care about an Endota Spa gift voucher and help them find uh, their best me. That is uh, all yours. Uh, right on 2.30. So, as we look back on the weekend, uh, 3-0 for Melbourne victory. Very convincing. What about City on uh, Friday night? The uh, rematch of the FFA Cup final against Sydney FC. How do you assess it? 
Yeah, look, in the end, uh, it's all about moral victories in the end, doesn't it? Because it's a one-all draw, and uh, Sydney probably reduced to 10 men. Uh, they were given a pretty much a, a soft penalty. I thought it was there, but it was a soft penalty. Mm. Um, overall, probably Sydney were looked the more likely. They they didn't particularly uh, impress me. You know, they didn't steamroll Melbourne City or anything like that. But the good thing for City is they're their games that aren't at the top, top, where they're not at their top, are still very, very competitive. And that's all we're getting from Melbourne City these days, where in the past, in the previous uh, editions of Melbourne City, Melbourne Heart, mm. you know, the, the first sniff of, uh, of any pressure, they fall apart. Uh, this year, and probably a lot of last year, they've got real winners in that team, and, uh, and they're a really resilient bunch. So um, it could have gone either way, and I think we're getting that with these two. It's a bit of a rivalry happening now, especially with the FFA Cup final. One nil win to Melbourne City, one all on, on the weekend. I think Sydney had 16 shots to five, but, yeah. but Melbourne City always looked like you know, on the break that they could be very dangerous. So yep. we're getting some really tight, tight contests by these so-called big clubs. Um, moral, moral victor, maybe because they went down to 10 men, maybe Sydney, but that doesn't... It's no picture of what's going to happen for the rest of the year for me. So if we look ahead to the derby this mm. weekend and how both teams are now placed since their last encounter. Well, what you know we're going to get definitely out of City is a, a, a real battle. You know, they, they've got great players, but they're, they're going to battle for the whole time. They've been like that uh, in and around the FFA Cup final. I wanted to see how they would react after they won. And they were very, very competitive against Brisbane Raw. Mm. And, uh, and I thought, and they're again, very, very competitive again against Sydney. So they're a team that are going to fight, and also, but they've got some real quality there too. So what you're going to get from Sydney is uh, they're going to come to play. Now, whether victory can overcome that 4-1 loss yep. that they experienced, that embarrassment, that humiliation they got in the first, uh, first game this year in the derby, that, that remains to be seen. But they're coming in with good form. Barisha scored three. Mm. Uh, Troisi's now running around and, uh, and causing some damage. I think they're defending quite well. Lawrence Thomas, I think, is uh, you know, at the top of his game at the yep. moment. It will it, be really interesting to see how this game plays out. How is Kevin Musket going to stop the better players for City because I think that's what they're going to need to do, and then on the on the uh, counter uh, try and get a couple of goals uh, and put them under pressure. I'd like to take some calls after the break. Uh, what your thoughts are on uh, the derby coming up this weekend uh, from a City and a victory point of view? Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Carlos Alberto Diego in the studio. Uh, twenty three to three here on afternoons. Uh, Kevin Hillier up after three o'clock. Carlos Alberto Diego talking the round ball again. There's lots of news floating around. We want to cover it all. Probably the biggest piece of news is off the SMS mm. is Lisa. A single, according to one of the SMSs. Oh right, eh? So uh, well, maybe well, we can just uh, pass on that information to Lisa if, uh, if someone's keen. Yeah, and we need to just uh, <laughs> sort her out with the team. Uh, let's have a chat to Scott in Craigieburn. G'day, Scott. G'day, guys. G'day, I'm uh, Carlos Amigo. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm really well, mate. Um, you know, I'm a victory fan. Happy enough with our win on the weekend. You know, it was more counter-attacking than more productive. So once we got on top of Master Two 0 I think they just gave up. Um, what I wanted to talk about was two two things. The City-Sydney game and John Van Skip, right? If Brandon's going to do what he's going to do and act like a complete tool, fall down a bit like what Jade North did, act like he'd been poked in the eye when he'd just been tapped on top of the head, rubbed on top of the head, and then going for a header and falling down like he was shot three seconds after the fact, you know? And then Van Skip to come out after the game and in the papers and say, look, um, I don't like acting and all that sort of stuff. It should be dealt with. But he wasn't acting. This is completely different. He was... This, it was exactly the same as Jade North. And to make things worse, they highlighted it on the ESPN Soccer Network show. 
and they all were laughing their heads off. They thought it was hilarious. Scott, I, I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I didn't hear John Van Sick directly after the game, but certainly since then, uh, mm. I read something today where he's yep. openly suggesting that Brandan's got a problem and he needs to salt that problem out, especially in Australia where we don't condone this sort of stuff. He did suggest, though, which I thought was a bit strange, was maybe the referees can start educating him. <laughs> and I think that he was talking about either just talking to him about the fact that diving in Australia is not something that uh, people accept or start issuing yellow cards uh, because he was saying that it's tough for a player who's lived all his life simulating over in South America and, and trying to decept, uh, sort of uh, deceive the referee and, uh, and suddenly come to Australia where this is not accepted at all because, you, by the way, you're applauded over in Europe and South America for doing this. Yes. And, uh, and so that's why he's sort of saying maybe the refs can help uh, Brennan, which I thought was a curious way of looking at it. Uh. But I, I, I think it, the spotlight's so much on him at the moment and the club's, from what you know, we're told through the media, the club is on top of him too. So let's hope he's too good a player to be known for this and not the goal he scored on the weekend, which is a, which is a cracking goal. So Great goal. Uh, we'll see what Melbourne City do, if, uh, if they're serious about it or not. Now, just speaking of South America, of course, the Australian today reporting that Brazil and Argentina are set to meet at the MCG in June of next year. So will we get, uh, if they do come out, Neymar, Lionel Messi? Yeah. Uh, the big guns haven't always come out uh, for the, the, the international side. So the, the Australian believing the announcement made in the next few weeks, been 12 months in the making, and one of those teams likely to stay on and play uh, the Socceroos. Yeah, well, it makes a lot of sense, especially with the touring teams making a lot of money going uh, around the world, national teams and club teams. You saw it through the ICC tournament. Uh, this one is called the Super Classico de, de las Americas. Uh, so I'm kind of hoping it's more than you're more than you're kissing your sister, <laughs> you know, friendly game. Exactly. You want the uh, but but then again, you probably don't get too many kissing your sister friendly games between uh, Brazil and Argentina. Oh. Uh, there's a steep, steep rivalry. I had a look at some facts today. Apparently, they've played about 103 times. Mm. It's 40 wins. This is over the history of the mm. you know probably records. Mm. 40 wins for Brazil, 37 for Argentina. That's how much. Uh, rivalry, and then you've got Messi and Neymar on the same pitch, plus all the rest of the, the great players. Yep. If they can manage to pull that off and have that at the MCG, you're thinking 100,000. It'd be pushing the oh, capacity, no doubt. No doubt. It got me thinking also of the Bicentennial Gold Cup back mm. in 1988, where we did have Argentina here yeah, and Brazil, yeah. and uh, Australia ended up playing. It was a bit of a four-team competition. Saudi Arabia was in there too. Australia beat Argentina, the reigning World Cup champions, albeit without Mar- Maradona, 4-1 at the Sydney Football Stadium mm. in front of something like 18,000 people, you know. And uh, we played Brazil here at <laughs> Olympic Park, the old Olympic Park, before they knocked it down, yeah. uh, in front of 11,000 people 11. in Romaria. Yeah, I mean, this is – it's just a different world these days where you can fill mm. an Argentina-Brazil MCG, probably fill that stadium, and you're only getting 11,000 uh, or, or something equivalent uh, back in the 80s. It's a different world altogether in football in this country now. Absolutely. Uh, Messi uh – is he still? I mean, we're getting an SMS retired from the national team. No, no, he's actually come back. I think it was he was a bit emotional after yeah, that penalty okay. loss against uh, Chile in the uh, you know the Copa America, yeah. and uh, he immediately after the game said, "I'm not playing anymore." And it, uh, from what I've see, what I've seen, mm. um, and some quotes that have come out in the more recent months, that he's he was just tired and emotional at the time. He's he's happy to can't give it up. Yeah, you know, pull his shirts on again. Let's have a chat to Tom in Greenvale. Hi, Tom. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Carlos. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, Brett here and uh, Carlos. That's okay, Tom. Kevin's coming Sorry. up in about Sorry, 18 mate. minutes. That's all right. <laughs> um, Carlos, you're a football man? I think so, yeah. yeah. Well, tell <laughs> I hope so. Who's, <laughs> tell me who's done the better in the recruitment. City with uh, Jacobson and Cazalo 
uh, or uh, Barrow and uh, Maxi for victory. Well, at this point, uh, obviously Jakobsen is one of the one of the top defenders in the competition. He's just fantastic. He's so uh, combative. He's so aggressive. And uh, he's really demonstrative on the pitch too with his own players and also the opposition and referees, as we, as we saw on the weekend. He's fantastic for them. And he can play also. He's just not a, a kicker. He's a, he's a guy who can actually build up from the back. So I think he's fantastic. Um, as far as uh, Beister and uh, Barrow is concerned, Barrow's a quite achiever at the moment. He's, he's, he's not... For me, hasn't had the impact of a Jacobson, but uh, you know, next to a young, you know, a, a young defender there for um, uh, Melbourne Victory, whether it's an Ansel or whether it's a Donicky, he just seems to be a bit of a quiet achiever. It remains to be seen if he's going to be a great player for them. Beister, for me, untold potential, but recruiting someone who's not match fit mm. uh, in season. I thought was a real risk, but they played him from the start against uh, West Sydney on the weekend and yep. showed some real glimpses. In fact, the first goal for Barisha was from a long shot that mm. was spilled by the keeper from Beister. So if they can get him fit and confident and, and playing in the, condi- in the Australian conditions, um, I think they got himself a winner, but he's only a lone player, so he's not guaranteed to stay beyond this season. So, yeah, you, you question the recruitment, but... It remains to be seen. Good on you, Tommy. Thank you for your call. Just touching on the A-League again, I mean, how often do we see coach goes, team comes out and uh, performs <laughs> extremely well in the case of Wellington and I know. Uh, Newcastle going across to Perth, mm. which, uh, look, you don't want to upset Kenny Lowe at the best of times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you would have been fuming about this one. Well, the, fir- well, the first one with Wellington, I mean, really, as, as I think Bozzer or John Cosmina said, it's an indictment on the players. A week after, yeah. you know, when they couldn't buy a win under Merrick, who I think is a good coach, and again, stood down, got to give him credit, stood down because he felt he couldn't get any more from these mm. players. Mm. Get a couple of caretaker coaches in who had no influence really on these players. Suddenly they win 3-0 against Central Coast, who are, uh, have performed fairly well this, so, so far this season. So for me, that's an embarrassment for those players, that, that crop of players. And as far as Perth and Newcastle are concerned, yeah, it's the first win that Newcastle's had in Perth since the start of the A-League. I think in yeah. year one, they had a win over there. Yep. That was embarrassing too for Perth Glory because they went one up with a great goal by uh, Marinkovic. Mm. And then, uh, you know, an old boy, uh, Andrew Naboo, who just took over in this game, a victory old boy yeah. who uh, yep. sort of lost his way a little bit, you know, went to Malaysia, he this and that. Burst onto the scene yeah. with a goal in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. just a young kid who they brought, mm. just a bit of a super sub many years ago, yeah. but lost his way completely. But now looking a play, he's had a really good season so far. Uh, Andrew Hull got a couple of local boys there in that Newcastle team that uh, uh, have got a real potential. But for them to win over there, that was a fantastic win by them. Makes the table interesting. Simon in Footscray at a quarter to three. Simon. Yeah, good day, boys. How are you? Good, mate. Just a quick question about uh, Sorensen and why you think he's fallen off um, as the third string keeper for Melbourne, Melbourne City over, over, uh, underneath the And my take is that they're shifting him into uh, looking at a coaching role. And so I, I think there's some technicality games played where he can actually fall off the marquee spot. Okay, but I'm not sure whether Sorensen is a marquee player. Is that what you're suggesting, yeah, Simon? Yeah, he is. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I thought... Uh... Oh, look, you've got me on that one. I didn't think I didn't think Sorensen was a marquee. Mm. I thought he was uh, just under the salary cap, but uh, that may be the case. Uh, I don't think Thomas Sorensen would be very very happy about uh, about not playing as number one keeper. The guy's got huge. I didn't think he was doing a lot wrong. Um, he got sent off after that first game. Remember, he came out of the box and handed the ball at Wellington, and uh, I thought he had a pretty good game. And the lead up games were pretty good. Um, he certainly wasn't looking like a keeper whose career was over. Uh, and then Bozanich came on, did 
okay uh, in that first uh, stint against Wellington when he took over. And he's been okay in time. He hasn't been brilliant, but just okay. And, mm. uh, you know, what the media commentators are telling us is that he's getting the nod over Sorensen because of his ability to distribute the ball with his feet. And these days it's really, really important for that to happen. Um, but uh, it sort of surprises me too because I didn't think Thomas Sorensen was that bad with ball at feet either. So something's going on there. But uh, John Van Skip, I think, uh, uh, ended um, Clint Bolton's career too did. at one stage. So uh, mm. so I, I think he doesn't mind making the tough decisions when he has to, even if it's a great player like or a legend like uh, Thomas Sorensen. Absolutely, yeah. With the credentials he came out to Australia with, um, you just thought he was uh, going to be a Monty to be in the, uh, the starting lineup, but. Uh, uh, no, no place in any team is um, just given as we know. Hi, lads. Alan, City have hiked up the prices for the Derby. $76.50 mm. for a gold-class ticket is a rip-off. It should be around 45 You know, uh, I was talking to someone from City yesterday, and I was saying, I hope they're not panicking over the size of the crowds because I think what we're learning, and this is sort of buys into the expansion um, sort of uh, you know discussion, uh, what they're learning, if you drop a team into a market, and it's a market that's already got a, a behemoth in the market, like Melbourne Victory, and you don't go and claim a geographical region of that market yep. and just drop it in there, you're going to have to win from day one, and you're going to have to excite from day one, and then you might creep closer to the behemoth mm. within 10 years. And that's mm. what we're seeing with Melbourne City. Um, I'd be disappointed if they were panicking over the size of their crowds because it's going to be a slow burn for them. Mm. But if they're going to start... You know, overpricing tickets. I'm not sure what ticket prices are, and I'm not sure whether that's standard or not. But if they're hiking it up just for that game, you're not doing yourselves any favours no. as far as, uh, you know, maybe attracting that, that you know, that, that punter who might, or the family that might be just curious about uh, your club. Exactly. Well, you want them to have a, mm. a good first-up experience, particularly if they're bringing the family, costly exercise. Yep. And uh, that's what the mm. A-League's been so good at, I suppose, is um, changing the demographics a little bit, and it's now a real family affair to come yep. along. Uh, to the A-League. Hey, just abroad, obviously a bit of news overnight. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, I think the fourth time he's been judged uh, the World Player of the Year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Of course, he's chasing Messi. He's got five. Um, Apparently, he... (laughs) He was so ready for this that he was uh, he dyed his uh, hair gold <laughs> during the week, and he was photographed by the media, you know, training with gold hair. So uh, he's just a, he's just a, such a good player. I mean, he, he captained uh, Portugal to the Euros, even though he didn't have much impact through yeah, that tournament. Three goals during yeah. the Euros, yeah. and uh, and of course uh, took the penalty that won the the Champions League for Real Madrid. He scored fifty one goals in fifty four games last mm. season, which apparently were the least goals he scored since two thousand eight, which is incredible. I mean, if you nearly a goal a game at that rarefied level. Mm. So uh, I actually had a bit of a debate with someone uh, the other day about whether Zidane uh, was better than Ronaldo because there was this talk about, you know, Ronaldo listens to Zidane because he was such a yeah. great player himself. Yeah. I was saying, well, I, you know, I really believe that Zidane was a better player than Ronaldo, just off the top of my head. And, of course, uh, you're ridiculous. How can you possibly say that? So, uh, you know, if we had more time, I'd love to throw that one out too. Nine yeah. four two nine yeah. eleven sixteen. We've got a few minutes up until uh, three o'clock. Is he going? Um, I mean, yeah, you take over at Real Madrid. I mean, they've just been mm. a powerhouse for so long. But what a player he was, uh, Zidane. I mean, what about as a coach, as a manager? Look, How have you assessed it's, him? It seems like he's doing okay. Uh, it's been a long time now for him just to rely on his reputation as a great player. Because yeah. you think he, a great player walking into a change room, I mean, yep. a legendary, one of the best of, of all time, walks into your change room. He grabs your attention for at least a little bit. Mm. 
Uh, if he couldn't coach, I think he would have even lost the players by now. I mean, he's been there for a while and he's won a few things. So, mm. um, And from what I gather, he's just really understated, but there must be some substance there. There's not many legends who become great managers. It looks like he might be. Well, uh, we like that because mm. we've had that discussion on SC in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, not always uh, uh, the great players make uh, great coaches, great managers, uh, but uh, we like it when they do because mm. uh, they're the sort of people you want to have stay involved in the game and impart their uh, their great knowledge and uh, you know their, their great path to success. Well, Carlos Alberto Diego is with me, 9429-1116. We're covering uh, things domestically and abroad as far as the Ramble code is concerned. Cameron's out in Maribyrnong. G'day, Cameron. Hi guys, how are you doing? Good, Cameron. Um, with Hawthorne vacating Waverley Park and St Kilda moving from Seaford back to Moorabbin, do you feel there's an opportunity for City to move into one of those areas and build a, a greater um, geographic presence in, in its own catchment? It may have been a possibility under the old Melbourne heart, but before, you know, I mean, they've got a multi-million dollar facility that's just growing and growing. Every time I go there, they're doing some renovation or doing something. Which is a fair way from Wavelink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I yeah, mean, it's just, uh, I yeah. think the, having the uh, the links to Latrobe has been really positive for them too, mate. So if it wasn't for all that, uh, they may they may have done that. But there may be an, another little location for one of these uh, mm. you know bids, these uh, expansion bids that might be coming up in the next couple of years. Of course, we've seen uh, what well, that Nong sort of Cranbourne mm. area uh, suggests that they'd love to be uh, considered. I think was it the Casey Fields and the Nong Showgrounds. Yes. And uh, with that bid there, I'm hearing there's an ex-AFL person who has dabbled in football, soccer, oh. uh, since, the, uh, since the start of the A-League, who might be... Pretty deep inside that sort of a okay. that bid there. Okay, yeah, well, interesting chat uh, yesterday. If, if you caught much of it uh, with Dave Budovic in the studio and the head of the uh, Tasmanian bid, and Andy Harper was uh, on the line. It's mm. um, it's it's a fascinating discussion when they do pull the trigger and, and who's going to get the nod. I mean, there's yep. a lot of water to go under the bridge. Yeah, look, I don't like saying this, but all the indications prior to David Gallup coming out last week and also since mm. is that. Guys, you know, you've got to appeal to TV. You've, it's got to have broadcast appeal in big letters, big capitals. Mm. Uh, don't worry about grounds and government support mm. and all the other, you know, bells and whistles everyone's coming up with. I'm telling you now, it's TV. If you guys cannot, you know, have the 40,000 derbies, you know, the, the 40,000 attending, attending your derby with the other teams in your area, um, you know, and that's no reflection at all on the Tassie bid because I'm, you know, from what I hear, it's a fantastic bid. Yeah, everyone's seen it. Yeah. And but there's other fantastic bids around the place. So the way they're going to separate this, it's all about the TV money. The TV money, they want to double the, the amount it is right now, mm. and they want to be able to, uh, you know, grow the game with that extra money. That's what drives AFL. That's yeah, what no, drives yeah. cricket. Everything is every yep. big sports dri- driven by the TV money. That's what football needs, and we don't have it at the moment. I just want to squeeze this one in too. Uh, the knockout stage of the Champions League. We always like it when it gets to this stage. Uh, Arsenal would have been praying uh, this morning, <laughs> Carlos, and they've got an old foe that they're going up against again. Look, a lot of there's a lot of um, you know people who who listen to SEN and, and say that I'm a I'm a Arsenal bagger, right? And I am generally. But this year, this is a different <laughs> Arsenal. It's a different Arsenal, uh, and uh, and I know people are saying still early in the year they promise so much often they just uh, you know disappoint. But, you know, Theo Walcott's playing regularly and scoring goals. Mm. Alexi Sanchez is one of the best players in the EPL at the moment. And, of course, um, um, uh, Ozil is just playing career-best football, uh, you know, world-class football. Uh, I think Arsene Wenger's probably coaching the best he's ever coached right now. 
And uh, they're in better position to play someone like a Bayern Munich in a knockout stage of the Champions League than ever before. Yep. Bayern Munich, although they're on top of the league in, in the Bundesliga, aren't purring along the way they normally do. Mm. Uh, it's over two legs, though. You've got to beat, uh, you've got to beat a, a very big team that's won things and yep. uh, a team that you've not had a lot of joy against over two legs. Mm. But if Arsenal can do that, suddenly, you know, they'll put their hand up to win the Premier League this year, and they'll put their hand up to maybe go close to winning the Champions League too. Uh, I think Leicester's got, is it Sevilla? Yeah, Sevilla. Yeah. And they're having a great season in the La Liga at the moment. So, yep. But look, you know, that, that's their big joy at the moment. They had a good win on the weekend, of course. Uh, Vardy scoring a hat-trick uh, against... 4-0 four, four, four up at one yeah, stage. Yeah, against yeah. Uh, Manchester City, which yeah. was a fantastic win for them. Hopefully it kick-starts their season. But I really, really am more interested in them in the Champions League. Are they going to knock out one of these bigger teams, yeah. and see where, how deep they can go. Absolutely. Plenty going on. Of course, a big weekend uh, coming up with, of course, the victory and City to go head-to-head in the derby in the A-League. That'll be this Saturday night live on 11.16 uh, SEN. And, of course, we'll catch you on the Diego's uh, Wednesday night. Absolutely. Uh, at 11 o'clock, which should be uh, fantastic with another uh, preview of that. Thank you, Carlos. Thanks, mate. For coming in.